Welcome to Two Indie Authors with myself, Robert Enright. And myself, David B. Lyons. Um, This week, Rob, we will be taking a more in-depth look at how we launch our books, uh, what we aim to achieve when we do release a new book and all the little things we need to do in order to make that launch as successful as it can possibly be. Uh, Mm -hmm. Robert and I also have an interesting question to tackle that has been sent in by one of our awesome listeners before holiday themed author Victoria Bradley, who was relatively new to this in the author business, joins us from Baltimore in the United States to face our seven questions. Mm -hmm. Before the seven questions, Robert, we're going to discuss the past seven days. So how has the last week been for you since we last spoke? It's been pretty good. Um, Professional-wise, so book-wise, it's been okay. Um, I've got lots of little niggles going on at the moment, like my A-plus content. I think I go on about this every week. Just (laughs) this strange thing where I can't access it, then I can access it, and I can't access it. And um, they're being a bit flaky at Amazon's end. Um, And also trying to get this rogue about the author thing that's on my product page that I think is from historical from when I had a publisher like trying to get them to remove it and I sent them a screenshot of where it is and they respond to me saying can you tell us exactly where it is I'm like look at the goddamn screenshot Um, (laughs) so it's a little bit um, irritating but then you know there's some positives I got a book launching tomorrow so obviously we're recording this on Thursday so I got book launching on Friday. Nice. Um, the one that I blitzed through NaNoWriMo. Yeah. Which yeah. is Sam Pope book 10? It is Sam Pope book 10. Yeah. Wow. All digits. Nice. Um, so that's ready to go. And then like out of nowhere this week, the pre-orders just like doubled, which was pretty cool. Um, Great. And as Stephen Taylor said to us, means I'm getting a pay rise tomorrow, which is pretty uh, pretty nice. And the other good thing I've done professionally wise is I got my Goodreads sorted out off the back of all the stuff uh, Claire Riley said to us back in was it episode three. That's right. Episode Claire four. was good on the Goodreads. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got all that lined up all my books to me all the new covers on there and stuff so uh, it was just something i had on my list to uh, look at this this year so i'm quite happy i've kind of got on top of that personally nice. yeah i'm on a high because last thursday i went to see the 1975 Ooh. live at the o2 now and hold on hold on now our, our opinion doesn't count for much but um Right for me at the moment, yeah. Yeah, for me too. That last album was ridiculously good. Yeah, and they did the whole album pretty much uh, as the first right. half of the show. And then the second half yeah. of the show is basically just all their hits. Previous hits. But they songs that they do that are great. Like You come on the radio and you think, oh, this is really good. Live, yeah. they are massive because there's more punch to the music. There's a bit more... It's a bit louder, a bit more energy. And 
they were fantastic. And yeah, but they have so much energy. Matt Healy is such a performer that it's better to watch him perform live than listen to him on the radio. Unbelievable. Um, and then the funny little uh, bit just around that before we, is my wife's obviously she, she's had the flu for like two weeks, and on the day of last week she was like, I don't think I can go. And I was like, well, I don't want to go on my own, but these are expensive tickets and I don't, you know, it's a bit late in the day. So I tried to shift them around my mates to see if any of my mates, now none of my mates really listened to 1975, but they listened to similar music. So I was like, I've got really good tickets. They're floor tickets as well. I was like, so um, I was like, come along. It'd be a really good fun night. And one of my mates was like really tempted, but he's got a little one, like um, an eight month old or something. Right. And, or something. Um, yeah, or something. Um, but he'd been out the night before and he was going out the following night. So his missus was out that night and he's like, oh, I can't come. The best thing about that is, is just after the first half of the show, they kind of left the stage and it was all set up like a sitcom. And when they all walked out, it, the, the big screen set came up saying like starring Matt Healy, starring other band members. And yeah. when there was any backing singers, it was like featuring this backing singer. So everyone could get like a round of applause or a cheer. Yeah just halfway like it's basically they've all left the the stage which is set up like a sitcom house yeah. and then there's just I, a knock I've on the door the show, yeah yeah there's a knock on the door and the screen goes like big with the door and it says guest starring door opens fucking taylor swift walks out i love taylor swift well this is the thing my mate who was like on the could have come who who couldn't come he is like the biggest Taylor Swift fan I know. Oh no! Well, I sent him a video of her Pride. singing live. I'm like twenty rows back. I'm just like a video of her singing. I'm like Taylor Swift's here, by the way. And he's like, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but it was incredible. Um, and so, actually, she recovered well enough to come along, and she was glad that she did. So we had a wonderful time, and I've been on a bit of a high ever since. That so. sounds like a wonderful night out. Actually, that that flew viral. The Taylor Swift walking out halfway yeah. through a 1975 gig, and. Uh, of course, I watched it because I'm a fan of Bolt, but um, I defy anybody who is not a fan of Taylor Swift to watch her walking out onto that stage in the O2 with just a guitar, mm-hmm. and she absolutely nails that new song she's got out. Um, Antihero, brilliant. Antihero, which is, has, has a great um, hook in it, but she is a multifaceted, multi-talented. She's off to scale in terms of her talent. Whether you like her music or her music sits in your ear or not, her talent is incredible. Yeah. Um, you, you had a, a much uh, better week than me. Unfortunately, I had to rush home to Dublin for another funeral, which is about... I've been living in Britain for... Um, Six and a half years now. I think I've been home for about 55 funerals. Good Lord. Um, Sorry it, to hear yeah, that. It's one of them. Not at all. It was um, my friend's father or a friend of a friend. Um, great man, Tony Healy. He, he, he passed away last week. Uh, we're all deeply saddened by it. But um, I rushed home to the funeral and I bumped into friends I hadn't seen. Some I hadn't seen for 26 years. And um, so it was a very bittersweet week for me the dash home sort of meant work got put aside and up until then I'd been mostly working on my scripts Mm -hmm. Uh, and this morning lo and behold Mm. I got an email from a production company in Ireland who said they are readying a proposal to offer to me at some point in February so my big aim this year was to sell a screenplay Um, fingers crossed that might happen in month two of 2023 now that sounds really, really exciting. Um, the bare truth of it is, is this production company in Ireland 
are not massive. Mm. Uh, and what they'll basically be doing is buying the rights to pitch it so they can collaborate with bigger production companies. Right. So it's almost a bit like landing an agent rather than landing a production deal. But it's another step. With a big step up, up, yeah. up the, the rung of the ladder. So I will um, keep our listeners informed as that hopefully evolves over the next um, four or six weeks. So... Um, yeah, not not a very productive week for me, given the personal circumstances, but um, a big step forward nonetheless this week. So, David, today we are talking about book launches. Um, it's something you and I do um, semi-regularly. Um, obviously, for me, I've got one coming up tomorrow effectively um so i thought it'd just be a good topic because i see it's one that gets passed around in our facebook groups that we peruse i think it's one that's high on people's list of like importance of oh i've got to launch my book so i I figured it'd just be a good opportunity while it's fresh in our mind because you had a book released back in the last year as well yeah this is relatively fresh in our minds i'm currently doing it at the moment where we can just talk about what we do um, in the lead up to launching a book for our listeners and then also talk about sort of the, the importance or where a launch kind of fits in our kind of like the whole thing of our author business. Like how in the much bigger picture. Yeah, yeah, how much how much credence we give a, a book launch. So um, we'll just jump straight in. So what do you do? in the lead up to a book launch in the lead up to a book launch well i guess you and i might come at this from different angles Mm. given that i predominantly write um standalones and you write in series and so there's a difference obviously writing in series where you're 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 predominantly marketing book one because that's Mm -hmm. where you want everybody to start whereas when you're writing standalones like i do predominantly um you can advertise any book anytime. Um, so, yeah, I write in standalone in the main, meaning I can advertise any book at any time. Um, but when it comes to launching a book, um, I first of all, I get it on Amazon. Everything is uploaded on Amazon about three or four weeks before the actual launch date. Um, and within that three weeks or so, I set up all my advertisements. So all my advertisement uh, creative copy will be written my advertisement uh, images will have been created and so everything is ready to go and I'm, I'm never rushing you, mm-hmm. you, 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 I think you'll, you'll probably learn that about me if you continue <laughs> listening to the podcast I'm never rushing um, so everything is sort of set up ready to go yeah um, and what I will do then in say about for the last two weeks before it launches I will tease my already loyal fan base or readership mm-hmm. so through my Facebook lens where I have a few thousand followers or through my email list where I have um, even more followers I will tease out so there'll be you know here's the book cover that we'll probably start with and here's the tagline and then um, here's the blurb and then oh Here's a little passage. So, um, so I'm constantly teasing to my already loyal readership is, is, is a key cog for me. How, how often do you, um, like, say, 
send them either emails or put something on your Facebook group? Email. I have an email newsletter on the first day of every month. Okay. Um, and that's it. I, I tend not to go over the top with that or past that even on launch months because I, okay. I, never, I never want it to be just a sales email, yeah, if that so makes sense. So do you put all those things that you were teasing in one one email? Like, the, here's, here's the cover, here's a tagline, here's a blurb. Get ready, this is coming this month, or... Yeah, well, because my email predominantly, um, the, the first feature in the email is always an update on mm-hmm. how uh, where I am with my book, my latest book. So they will have known I'm 40,000 words in, I'm halfway. They will have known I'm struggling here at the, at the, in the third act. They will have known, oh, I finished it. They'll have known it's off to the editor this month. They, so they, they will, there will be almost like a countdown that yeah. they will be aware of. Um, so by the, time, when, by the time it comes to teasing out with blurbs and taglines and stuff, that will have happened maybe two months before and then a month before. And then on launch day, they will get a big email saying, it's here, the baby's here, uh, she's arrived. <laughs> so um, I predominantly, I guess what I'm saying is ahead of launch, I use my already loyal readership as the main bulk of my uh, campaigning. Okay. Um. In, in terms of new readers to this book that I'm launching, that's all done in my machine gun advertising. So I will have, I will put a hundred or maybe even a thousand pounds aside in the first week or so to heavily launch this through Facebook and Amazon ads. Mm. So hope, hoping to get some new readers on top of the already uh, loyal readership that I'm pretty sure a vast majority of will buy the book without me having to tease them so much but it's always it's always good to sort of keep your loyal readership on on their toes yeah and i think it's um, probably just good in there you're able to to do that kind of level of advertising on a book launch based on the fact that a you've sold enough books to be able to afford that money and yes. um, yeah. you you've also done enough facebook advertising over the years to know how to effectively target and put together a good enough copy and like imagery to to see a return on investment on that. Yeah, the experience is all there and the money is all there because of previous sales. So I've got um, a couple of healthy bank accounts for my business that are, um, you know, very luckily has the budget to be able to afford splashing maybe a thousand pound over a week or a thousand pound over two weeks to help sell a new book um but i I, i'm not one for having a strict lunch sort of schedule uh, or a discipline in terms of that regard but it is something i'm i'm hoping to to sort of nail down and specify as time Mm. goes on um, so it's a little bit sort of throwing shit at the wall, <laughs> my launches. Um, some of the shit I know will stick because they're already loyal readerships and some of the shit is hopefully to get new readers in. Mm. Um, so it's a little bit sort of um, scatty, but I bet, Robert, I would put my mortgage on it. Yours is a little bit more disciplined and fine-tuned than mine, your launch strategy. <laughs> That's a very bold prediction. Um <laughs> Well, for me, I'm in a very different situation to you, as you highlighted, because I write in a series. So for me, it seems 
relatively pointless to run sort of Facebook ads to the 10th book in the series. book 10, yeah. Yeah, even though each story is like a contained story, there are so much crossovers and link backs and callbacks that you should it's read a it in order. Series. It's yeah, not a it, series. It's a series. It's a yeah, series. You need to so true. I don't. Yeah, I don't understand. I, I, for me, I, I wouldn't spend a thousand pounds on Facebook ads pushing people to the tenth book because yeah. I only market, like you say, to the first book in the series. So yeah. when it comes to to the current book I'm I'm launching, I've spent my time and effort kind of making sure all my advertising to my core audience so the people who are on my facebook group follow me on instagram who are in my mailing list i build some cool looking sort of action movie posters saying like um so usually i have like the tagline of the book so the one for this one is sometimes the law isn't enough so i had picture of the ebook i had that tagline and then i had them like january 2023 and i sent that out probably the day i got the cover done yeah so that was back last year so they were like oh you know so i then get loads of messages on on my social media saying, can't wait this looks great then i've done like another one with like a closer up image of the cover so sam pope standing holding a gun and then it just says this friday the fight continues which is my branding about join great. the fight so I, yeah. I do this type of stuff because for me paying for advertising for that book isn't going to work because people will just say well I need to read the other book so what's the point in this um, I have gone onto my Amazon ads and I have added that book onto all of the books that I'm advertising Yeah. so that will now when I dominate somebody's you know sponsored products that book will now appear in there Um and then the other thing I've done is because I now start to do pre-orders, I think this is what's helping with the knock-on effect of pre-order, pre-order of books, is I stuck this, as soon as I put this online on Amazon, um, which again was pretty much as soon as I get the cover, I stick I stuck it up online for pre-order. Yeah. Um, and as you know, like I kind of have deadlines with my editor, my, my proofreader. I know roughly when I'm going to have the book ready. And then if I'm ready beforehand, I bring it back. So I'd stuck it up for pre-order as soon as I got the cover done. And then I took that ASIN number, which is obviously the unique identifier for your ebook, mm-hmm. went on Vellum, updated the back of every single one of my books, especially the ninth book in the series, and then re-uploaded them that day. So then yeah. anyone who's buying book nine, after I've done that, will have an immediate link to book 10 to pre-order it. So, I guess really, um, I sort of just look at who I've already got reading my books and just make them yeah, fully so like aware. Me, your, your priority when launching a book is to um, already infiltrate your loyal readers, people who yeah. have it. That, that's the instinct. That's the first thing. And um, that, that might sound a little bit disappointing that we're both saying that to somebody starting off because it, it's it's easy for us to say well we've we've published 10 books already so you know um when we're launching a book we just hit the the thousands of people who have already bought our first books and um, so it's slightly different so what what robert has done actually is 
He's come up with a five-step plan for those who are launching books, perhaps even for the first time, or maybe you're launching book three or book 10, like Robert is tomorrow. And this could work for everybody. So we're, um, bear with us if you think we're talking over your heads because we do have information for those starting out as well. But so, so you start a bit like me as where, well, I'm going to take advantage of my loyal fan base already. They're going to be the first ones I'm going to hit and let them know there's a new book coming. Yeah. Do, um, do you do any fresh advertising for fresh readers when you're launching, say, book 10? No. I, no I just Yeah. I just, I keep my, I've got Facebook ads that are working well, um, and they show nine books in the series, which obviously I've passed now, but I think that should be enough to tell people there's enough there. Um, yeah. And um, what I, I bank on and... We've been over several times. This is all calculated through data and through looking at stuff. I know how much read through I get. So I already know if I just focus on getting people to the first book, the likelihood of people going through the whole series is like 80%. So if I just keep growing the series, launching a new book for me isn't a massive, you know, parade of everyone look at this book. I just let the people I know who are already bought in to know that there's more stuff that they like. Um, But I think like you were saying there, David, it's it's quite important. There's things to do. um, And obviously we're coming up from different points of view, but we do kind of focus on the same, very similar stuff. Yeah, it's but, interesting. Oh, sorry, were you going to say something? I was just going to say... You had a, a butt. <laughs> I did have a butt. I have a butt, um, like everyone. Um, I have a butt. <laughs> but it was just sort of... Why, why do you think... You know, so much emphasis is put on book launches, which is why we're talking about this. Um, so for you, why is a good launch important, but maybe not the be-all and end-all? Well, it's important because you've already referenced... Stephen Taylor, another fellow independent author who's appeared on our seven questions before, saying that every time he launches a book, it's like a pay rise, right? You, mm-hmm. You've already um, mentioned that, and that's true. So I know if I'm launching a book, well, that's a, a definite five-figure month. Um, that That's what I've come to learn. I tend to, when I launch a book, I'll shoot up to somewhere between 10 and 20 grand income, and then that will slowly drip down and the graph will come down mm. down 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 until another four oh, months wow. later when i launch another book and then it shoots up and so then it comes down, down and then i launch another book yeah but yeah, that i think it's the difference between mine's writing a, a series versus writing standalone mine's a gradual up. increase yeah because it's not standalone yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think because you're constantly collating new readers and you've got all this mass read-through. So your read-through will be a lot higher than my read-through. Mm. Um, but my advantage, I guess, over writing in series is that I can advertise any book anytime. And I tend to do that because I've got sort of almost psychological horror that I can really market in the autumn for some reason. People want that around Halloween. Uh, they snap that up and there's sort of different tones to my book that work at different types of the year. And, you know, it, it, it that's something we can, I could go deep into and it's that that's deep into the weeds. But um, in terms of launching, I just have um, that slight advantage that I can advertise a book on its launch. And I know that my month is going to be big, um, but I don't have that read through that you have because I'm not leaving readers with a sort of a hook at the end of my book to which runs into a new book um i have to say 
people have often preached and not a successful indie authors um, write in series and they preach that you should write in series and I totally understand that it makes an awful lot of sense to leave uh, a hook at the end of your book into a new book and have readers continuously um, go through your series uh, so that, that that makes sense and I understand that people suggest you should write in that I am an example that that does not have to be the case in order yeah. to sell um, tens of or thousands of books so um, really write what you want to write but a launch is important for me because I know it's going to be a massive month um, in terms of income. However, what I want to say, and I know Robert is going to echo this as well, that while the launch is important, it is not the be all and end all of that mm-hmm. book's success because you've written this book and you can market this book forever. Okay, until you're in a coffin, you can market this book. So do not get down that the launch didn't go so well because you can launch this book anytime. You can sell this book anytime. Yep, absolutely. And that's I see those posts probably more than anything is I've just released the book. I did these ads. I did this and I made I did 10 sales. You know, yeah. the game's rigged or something <laughs> along those lines. And it's like, well, no, it's not because you can do it. You just need to figure out what didn't work then. Um, yeah. I mean, my Bermuda series is a great case in point. I, I self-published those after I first came out of a publishing deal and I sold nothing. And mm-hmm. I then went on to the Sam Pope series because I was learning stuff and I thought this would probably get me there quicker because it's probably a bit more mainstream. And also I love action movies and The Punisher and stuff like that. So I was like, okay, well, yeah. I'll, I'll love writing it as well. Um, but now I'm looking to resuscitate those books because I know how to do this now. So it's it's kind mm-hmm. of a long game. Um, and like you're saying, it's not the be-all and end-all. However, as we're talking about what kind of equals a good launch for us, I, kind of, I base it on three things. Okay. So first one, income the cold hard cash that we talk about because this is a business Mm -hmm. um and now i usually cover the costs of the production of the book on launch day yeah that's kind of my bear that's my main target because like you say everything after that is just profit so what you're saying is um, the cost for you to get the cover done, the cost for you to have this advertised or to have this edited and proofread mm-hmm. and a few quid you spent on advertising, you will make all that back within 24 hours of launching? Yeah, I, well, at the moment now, I'm making that back almost on pre-orders. On pre-orders, great. Which means that kind Amazing. of drops in, almost drops in the day, like the morning of. But usually my aim is is by the first day is kind of cover those costs, and obviously I'm in a in a very advantageous position that 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 now happens. But yeah. there's no harm in having the income being a big part of your success because you know we write books, we sell books to make money. Um, second one for me when it comes to the number of sales I get is because I write in that series, it's another confirmation of the readership and the read through that I have that okay yeah. well there's no way the few hundred people or however many it sells on the day have bought book 10 in a series because they haven't read the others so it just shows me it's a bit more of a confirmation that what i'm doing is 
you know pretty spot on and usually i get like a little orange tag which says it's a bestseller and um those kind of things that reaffirm what you're doing is is correct like you are going yeah. in the right path um yeah. and thirdly um it's just for your own mental health this like it's worth celebrating a good la- a, a launch because um it's a milestone like writing a book is hard like because mm-hmm. it takes a while um a lot of people start or give up a lot of people don't even begin um yeah and it's just it's always good to just recognize that you've done that so me and my wife have a thing now we get like a takeaway because we don't really eat takeaways that often but we get a takeaway a nice takeaway on the book launch day as a way of celebrating um yeah a new book coming out um yeah marking the occasion yeah i think so i mean you know it's worth remembering like we're talking here about pre-orders and spending a thousand pound on advertising um all that jazz four years ago i launched my sam pope book first one i think i sold about 10 on the first day right do you know what I mean like it's yeah it, it, it didn't just happen overnight so like you said you can market it forever so in, in in those four years i've written obviously nine more books than series, but you've we've covered it extensively on the podcast all my covers have changed my branding has changed i've spent thousands of pounds on facebook ads learning facebook ads that are now profitable so i haven't spent i've gone like thousands of pounds into debt yeah but it was all leading to the point now where you know if i launch a book now it will launch successfully um and i guess when you see those numbers come in on the day of launch pre-orders and then further sales what that equates to money wise it just reinforces that you the best way to sell a book is to write a book and the best way to sell yeah. all your books is to have more books. Like I know I bang that drum all the time. Yes. Um, and when all that information comes in, like bang, 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 here's your sales, here's your page reads, here's your money. That's probably the one, the, the day most where I go, right, I need to, I need to write another book because this is amazing. Yeah. It's such a, a rush. So I kind of yeah. focused on those things for me. That kind makes of wrap sense. Up those equal, three, yeah. Equal to a, um, I, I consider that a good launch. That sounds like a good launch. So um, you focus on the income, you hope for an orange tag, yeah. and then for your own mental health, you celebrate mm-hmm. uh, the launch of that book. So we're sitting here in a very privileged position of um, we both have uh, 10 books published now. Well, you, you have your Bermuda series, so you, you've actually, actually got more than that. But um and we're at a stage where if we launch a book tomorrow which you are doing uh, we know it's going to sell um very well and bring us in big profit straight away because we have built up over the five or six years that we've been doing this a readership base so um there will be listeners i'm conscious of who are listening to this who may be two or three books deep mm-hmm. and haven't quite got off the ground or don't um, have a book ready somebody, yet i don't even have a book ready yet mm. so let's um give them let's offer them up the five step plan for launching your book that you came up with and i think you said to me to this um or you said this to me this is sort of where you would begin maybe two weeks before your book is actually published is that right rob yeah so 
So when I, I, I had a look at this and sort of pulled these things together and then David's um, added his knowledge onto the points as well, I just think this would be my book's ready to go. This is where I would start. For if you're as a listener, your book is ready. How do yeah. I launch it? Okay. So it could okay. be book four, could be book 10, could be, well, probably by book 10, you know, you know, you've probably got a, a strategy in place. But like you said, maybe book two, book three, maybe it's your first book. So the first one I would have is that book you want to give out to some people beforehand. Um, yes. Now, if you're in a position where you've managed to build a mailing list, um, I would suggest giving versions out to some beta readers. So we talk about this quite a bit, David. I have a one called the Brain Trust, which is basically my street team. I think I get... They, they're people who have said they would like the books early and they leave me reviews on the day of launch and they yeah. pick out any little errors that have slipped through the net through editing or proofreading. So they're really yeah. useful. If you don't have a mailing list, then you know, friends and family, a few people that you know could get some eyes on it, give you some reviews beforehand because you kind of want some reviews the day of launch. Yeah, well, let, let me just come in on that, Robert, if you don't mind. Yeah, go for um, it. V- very early days, I didn't even know what uh, beta meant. And mm. um, I've managed to collate a couple of beta readers uh, that are still with me today. I now have about eight um, who sort of read my book. So beta readers um, are people who will read your book and perhaps give you their opinion on it. They might point out an error or two that they might have found. Um, predominantly... What, what we'll use them for is that's sort of if I have 10 beta readers I know that's 10 reviews going up on launch day as soon as it goes out uh-huh. um, but you can find these beta readers on a lot of the Facebook sort of groups so there might be if you write say crime fiction there's lots of crime fiction readers groups where readers collate and they discuss books if you go in there as an author and say would anybody be interested in reading a free copy of my soon-to-be-released novel, I would really appreciate your honest feedback on it. You will pick up beta readers. So if you don't have an email list and you're starting from scratch, you can find those beta readers quite easily given the technology we have today. So don't fret about that. Those people are about and they would love to read um, advanced copies of your books. Yeah. So so you're saying two weeks beforehand you give this to the beta readers? Is that what you're saying is step one for our listeners? Yeah, I I send mine out and Mm -hmm. that's what I do. And I say, look, you've got a couple of weeks to read this. Oh, this is the day it drops. I'll be in touch day of launch to let you know you can add your review. Um, Great. And I do that through my mailing list. I send them the books through BookFunnel. These are just things that are battered around. But that's my thing is, is first step is i make sure the people i know who are going to give me reviews on the day of i give them a two weeks read time that's my step one to secure step those one. reviews okay well i'm going to come in on that um at the same time frame so maybe about two weeks beforehand before lunch step two and step two then is to collate your social media and your social media posts so get the graphics created um, you may not be good at that. Well, if you're not good at it, um, you can try and use Canva. Canva is a free piece of software where even the most, uh, those like me who are lacking in that sort of graphic design can put good graphics together. If not, try Fiverr because there are people from all over the world who will create a great graphic for you for 
five pounds right you can mm-hmm. you can find all this so step two after you've reached out to your better beta readers like robert has suggested in step one start creating your social media in terms of your graphics um, and your copy that you're going to um, write to help sell your book so start two weeks out building interest for your book on your social media instagram or your facebook and you can use canva or fiverr to help with that should you not feel confident that's a very good very what good it, step david um i really have much to add on that you've kind of succinctly put that so i will move on to step three um yes yeah. so, so this one probably applies more if you've got a number of books but if you are launching your first book there's still things you need to do and that's um sorting out the back matter of your book so if you're adding a new book to a series say like i am and it's up for pre-order it means i've got that ASIN number I can add it in the back and then I update all my books to ensure that the new links to the book are available in there um, yeah. like I said pre-orders could help do that but then it's it's also making sure things like your website is updated should have a website I will say that now not everyone does have one I think you should have one you yeah. should have a little place that's yours where all your stuff is accessible for people um yeah so add the add your new books on there add the right links um it's always worth as a little tip remember to use universal links on your website um yeah so a universal link is if i take i obviously i'm english so i use amazon.co.uk for my books um if i take that link and stick it on my website somebody from america would be taken to the .co.uk store and that's not a very good customer experience. Um, so you can use things like a Genius Link, or I think there's one called Universal Link, and that's where you Book put Linker. Book Linker, I think that's the one. Um, yeah. You can put the you can put your link for your book. Just get it from the the web bar, stick it in there, and then it creates you a link that whatever country somebody's in, yeah, it'll take them to yeah. their marketplace. So their local do, store. It's worth thinking about things like that when you're updating your website. So that's what I do is like step three, make sure kind of the admin of the back of the books, the website, those types of things are all set up and done. Yeah. And then, so we're getting really close here. You're probably a week out from your book being published or launching. Um, And there are three sort of administerial, I guess, um, steps that you should take to, to put in place the best possible launch you can. So a week out, then we'll probably get to step four. And if, like me, you're writing a, a standalone book that you that anybody can pick up and buy, um, what you'd want to be doing here now is building and creating your advertising. So if, you're, if you've chosen to advertise through Facebook or through AMS, what you'll be doing a week ahead of launch is setting up those ads. So ensure your targeting is correct. Uh, ensure you have the right graphic and the and the perfect copy that is going to sell your book. So you know taglines are so good. Or or what I particularly like in my advertising is um, a pull quote from a review, uh, which works well for me. So you're getting all this together now, and you are getting ready to launch advertising just before your book launches a day or two because the, the ads take at least 48 hours to, to really sort of find the audience or, 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 um, that you have targeted. So you um, 
you can save some time on this by using what you created in step two. So remember, yeah. a week before this, you began your social media posts with great graphics and great copy content. So you're really just establishing this now about a week out before your book is launched and you're going to set up these advertisements ready to go. Yeah, and I think that's, that's the thing. If you're creating, the amount of times I've created like a post just to post in my Facebook group or on Instagram, because I think it looks cool, and then I yeah. think, oh, actually, I should add that as a paid ad on Facebook. <laughs> I should send that out to people who don't know who I am because I'm se- I'm only sending it to people who yes, do know who I am. You do know. And and it is a good way of saving a bit of time, especially if, like you said, you're not like that tech savvy or you don't have that kind of graphic design eye. Once you have something that looks good, you can use it for a couple of purposes. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, so we're getting very, very close now. So I think this is launching the book. Yeah, step five. For me, this is if your book's on pre-order and you have a mailing list or you've got social media stuff, there's no harm in sending out the link to people. So I always, a second I put my book on pre-order, boom, the email goes out to my mailing list and it says book whatever number is now available on pre-order. But it doesn't. You don't have to put on pre-order. Um, but if you do, it's worth doing. Like, get the word out there. On launch day, I have an email that goes out pretty much first thing in the morning that, to my yeah. beta readers, saying books are now available. You can add your reviews because I want those reviews in as quickly as possible. Um, yeah. And then I also have scheduled posts that go out on my Facebook group. Um, I'll go and stick something on Instagram. I also schedule a email to my mailing list of just readers, not beta readers, to say new books now available. Please go ahead and buy it. So I think it's worth building the time in to make sure you've got all that stuff good to go. Like, I don't bombard them. I don't stick 20 posts online. I, I don't bombard yeah. my Facebook feed or anything. I just have kind of like an official the books now ready post go ahead and then if i get like an orange tag or something because of the sales and the pre-orders i'll take a snip of it and share it with my readers to say you guys are the yeah. best that's usually what i say mm-hmm. like, you guys are the best because i don't get that yeah. bestseller tag if people don't buy it um yeah but i'd say yeah on on launch day make sure i'd say the day before make sure all that stuff is set up and ready to go mm-hmm. because definitely you never know. You could get called away in an emergency on the day of your launch um, for something, yeah. and then suddenly all that stuff you wanted to send out doesn't happen. So it's worth just having the foresight to think. If you go through these five steps and kind of work through them in the lead up to the book, it means on the day of the book you can sort of just sit there and enjoy it and celebrate it because it's worth celebrating. Yeah. Celebrate it. Yeah, go through the five steps when a book launches celebrate and uh, then do take our advice that we mentioned earlier on that the launch is not the be all and end all now robert it is Mm. time for our mailbag 
Um, yes. And this week we have a question in from a former guest who is Jilly Grundy. Now, mm-hmm. Jilly wants to know from us, Robert. She asks, there's a lot of talk at the moment about TikTok. They're even mm. advertising heavily on TV to grow their subscribers. I was wondering if you guys had thought about it as a viable platform for organic free marketing. How do you feel about balancing the time it takes to build a following there versus just chucking money at Facebook and Amazon ads? Um, what do you think? What do I think? Um, I think TikTok is not for my generation. <laughs> um, yeah. However, I would look at it the way that question's phrased about chucking money at Facebook ads. Um, I think you'd only feel that way if your Facebook ads weren't working. Um, Because I don't feel like I'm chucking money at Facebook ads. Um, I feel like I'm I'm investing. Yeah. Um, So so when I look at it that way, the the question kind of changes a little bit where I would say I've dabbled in TikTok. I have a little go on it every now and then for a bit of fun just to see what it is. Right. But I don't see it as a... For me, I don't see it as a viable marketing tool. Um, it feels a little bit like like a Tinder for content where you can literally just swipe a video away and a new one pops up. Um, yeah. As opposed to, I guess you can kind of scroll on Facebook, but I feel it's just, yeah, it's like a 15-second um, attention span TikTok. And I don't know how effectively you can make a video that can, can pull someone in. So, well, I can contradict you. Go for it. There are definitely authors having mass success on TikTok. In oh, fact, yeah, I just, for sure. I just bought a book a few weeks ago um, and I was in Dublin airport uh, just leading up to Christmas. And on the front of it, there was a label that said the TikTok sensation. Oh, wow. So there are, there are definitely um, people who are selling books through marketing and advertising and advertising through TikTok. But I completely understand what you're saying, Robert, and I agree with you from my point of view. Yeah. My audience are not on TikTok. And the book I... Yeah, that's it. The book I... I can't remember the name of it now. The book I bought, I had TikTok sensation. It was called The Inheritance Games. Right. And it's it's a YA book. Okay, so it's a young adult book. So 19, 20, 21 year olds is the audience for that. They're on TikTok. All right. Now, my audience are sort of 40 to 60 year old men and women. And they tend not to be on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I tend to be able to nail them on, with Facebook and Amazon ads. But there's no point in me going to TikTok to try and sell um you know, she said, tree said, because it's not aimed at the audience who are on TikTok. And I know we're generalizing here, Jilly, sorry for you. But I guess the best answer for you is if you feel your audience is on TikTok, if you're advertising books to 20 year olds or you've written books for 20 year olds, yeah, you should be advertising on TikTok or you should be at least giving it a, a, a shot or testing, testing, testing on mm. TikTok. For me, I don't feel it would work. Um, Robert, do you feel the same way? Obviously. I do. I I think um, think, your your contradiction is a really good point because there are people, there are authors who are selling books on there um, and I wouldn't discredit them. I think where I was going with that was for me, I I look at it as the amount of time I've spent learning how to 
effectively market on Facebook and Amazon and writing books would be a better use of my time than trying to figure out TikTok marketing when I'm in agreement with you like my audience isn't really on there so I would say your point there about knowing your audience probably would dictate whether or not it's worth the amount of time it would take yeah um to to build something on there yeah and and it's it's it takes some doing it is free to advertise on tiktok because you're going to create video content um but what you got to do here jilly is really tease your audience you you have to almost create like a mini film of your book i've seen this done on tiktok like it's almost like a mini like a a short scene is played out that teases the book um so it's it's going to be time consuming and it's going to be um something that you're going to have to work hard on but there are people selling books there's no doubt about it through tiktok through that means so if you feel your audience are there absolutely um go ahead with it the key to marketing is and i've said this in in courses that i've run the key to marketing is knowing your audience Uh who are your audience where are your audience what would intrigue your audience these are questions you have to ask when you're marketing this is why i've said me and robert have repeated this on the podcast there's no point in looking at what me and robert have done and think there's two guys now who have been quite successful at this indie game i'm going to do exactly what they're doing that's redundant Mm. there's no point in doing that you have to figure out who is the audience for your books and how can i intrigue them with copy or with images or with a tiktok video how can i get them to go oh yeah i'd like a bit of that that's your that's your job as a marketeer find out who your audience are where your audience are and how you can grab them It's time for the seven questions again, Robert. And this week we have a fascinating guest uh, on our show, all the way from Maryland in the great USA, Victoria Bradley. Victoria, thanks so much for giving us your time today. Thank you for having me. Not at all. Absolutely our pleasure. Now, Victoria um, is going to talk us through her book. She's got a couple of books out. She writes in a fascinating genre. It's holiday-themed books. Uh, Do check her out on Amazon. Her books look fantastic. Um, Can you tell us a bit about your your novels, Victoria, and um, how they came about? Sure. Um, well, I've always been writing since I was a kid, and my my first love was, is literary fiction, both to write and to read. Um, I got a master's in creative writing, and I never really thought much about genre fiction. Yeah, I'd read it occasionally, but not too much. And then <laughs> the how I got into it is kind of funny, because I answered an ad for ghostwriters from this this strange little company that advertised <laughs> on craigslist and this was, this was in 2019 and most of them like if they wanted ghostwriters it would they would pay you 300 for 30,000 words which is not very much for all the work it yeah. is <laughs> and most of what they want is non-fiction like anger management the keto diet was big what else was it? um uh stoicism real big like stoicism <laughs> for daily life they wanted to ghostwrite there, there was this weird topic that kept coming up a lot of diet was very popular any kind of diet book but then i noticed one time they had this they wanted somebody to write a billionaire romance 
romance. And I was like, oh, I never thought about ghostwriting a novel before. That's intriguing. 30,000 words. And it was like, it was such bare bones. Like the person who was the writer, you know, the person who would put their name on it. Gave very bare bones. The number of characters, like two sentences about what should happen in the book and go. And I and you had to write it in two weeks. Oh, wow. And I'd never written that fast before. And I was like, let me just try this. This is an interesting challenge. I'd never even read a billionaire romance. I didn't know what I was doing. So I did. I managed to write it in two weeks, which, I mean, some people do write that fast. That's a little over 2,000 words a day. I had never written that fast. I mean, even I did NaNoWriMo once. And, I, you know, that's even that's you know shorter than that as far as number of words per day. Um, and I had to I had to go away for a few days unexpectedly, so I could. So some of the days I had to write a lot more than that. And by the end, the last day, <laughs> I stayed up all night finishing it. I was like, this cannot possibly be coherent. What did I even write? Like I had no idea. I had a headache for three days after I turned it in. Got paid promptly. <laughs> I got my three hundred dollars, but like it took me weeks to recover. I felt like I'd never written that fast. But then when I reread it, I was like, oh. I actually wrote a coherent novella in two weeks. Huh, I had no idea I could do that. And then it took me a while to find it, but the author, quote unquote, published it on Amazon, but it took me like two years to find it because I had a different title. They changed the title and they, the author used a pen name from whatever name she'd given the ghostwriting company. And I found it, I was like, oh, there's my novel. And I was like, okay, what do the reviews say? And, and I was like, wow, the reviews really aren't bad. And the funniest thing about the reviews was I was so desperate to make the 30,000 words. I started searching for books that were in the public domain and I found Khalil Gibran's The Prophet, which is like a book of poetry, beautiful poetry. So whenever I didn't know what to do, I would just have the, the main character quote from The Prophet. So I had sometimes she quote like a whole page, two pages of this poetry. And so the reviewers were like, yeah, this book was pretty good, but I didn't understand why the one character kept quoting The Prophet so much. You really didn't need to quote The Prophet so much. So I was like, hey, listen, I had to make word count. You guys don't know the backstory. Um, so yeah, so after that, I was kind of intrigued. Like, well, maybe I should write my own because it's the part about ghostwriting i didn't like is that i got so invested in the characters and then i just had to let them go never use them again mm. yeah um so so if any so that's i can't tell what book it was i ghost wrote but that's a clue if anyone ever comes across a book with a lot of the profit in it that that was the, that was the <laughs> book so this year nice. i suddenly thought well geez maybe i should do that myself and then at least i'll have control i'll keep the characters i can write what i want i don't have to base it on a plot somebody else gives me um and i just thought of holiday fiction because one thing that's good about that is it is a built-in deadline like if I'm writing a Halloween book, I got to get it done before Halloween. So for a new yeah. writer, I think it's good to have a like a deadline like that. Okay, you have to write this number of words. It has to be done in time for this holiday. Um, and I love holidays, so it was a good fit for me. Um, and I know romance is a big seller, and I did have fun writing the billionaire romance book. I would have had a lot more fun if I'd had more time. Um, so I decided to give myself a little bit more time than two weeks and uh, just start writing it. Yeah. See what happened. So that's what I did. Wow. And so am I writing saying that your first book was the Halloween book? So that was the first book that I can claim credit for. Yes. <laughs> okay. Under your own name. So under that's my called, own name, right. It's called Trick or Meat. Trick or Meat. Uh, -E a Halloween romance. And that just came out October gone. So only about four or five months ago. Yeah, that was my first one. Congratulations. Wow, so a brand new independent author. Our listeners are going to love this. Robert. Let's hit Victoria with the seven questions. Have you got number one lined up? Yes, I do. I'm sending it across awesome. all the way to America. Number one, <laughs> are you a full-time author? No, I am definitely not at the point where I can be a full-time author yet. I work full-time as a school psychologist um, in one of the oh. public school systems here in Maryland. And I do love my job, which is nice. Um, so I don't mind that I... I'm still working full time. Um, so yeah, this, this is kind of, but right now it's a uh, side project that I fit in 
Okay. And with the writing, how do you how do you balance writing then um, around the full time job? Well, it makes it easier that I don't have small children. I know you have small children, and I think that when people are parents, like I don't know how they do it sometimes. It's it's a lot. So um, so yeah, basically, you know, what the time that other people maybe spend with their kids, I spend writing. Oh, that glorious oh, free you. time. Yeah, I know. Oh, <laughs> yeah. wow, no kids. Yeah. yeah, it's very lucky. I do have a couple of uh, a couple of needy cats, but I still don't think they're as much work as kids are. <laughs> nice. So is, is, is it accurate to say, Victoria, then you're working sort of nine to five in, in the education right, sector yeah. and then in the evenings or the weekends you will you will put words on the page? Yes, and I love my job now because I'm not, because you can get in school systems where you're really overworked and working at home all the time and I'm glad I'm lucky that my job now is not like that so i do have that time to myself in the evenings and on the weekends brilliant Fantastic. well two points on that one congratulations very well Thank done you. um in, in the five months since um i would also say that i bet a high percentage of our listeners are in a, a very similar um Mm-hmm. area to where you are now Victoria juggling a full-time job with um, trying to get the writing off the ground and two things if you're writing in that sector oh my god there's a are you working in that sector there's a lot of juice um, <laughs> a whole new genre of books for you to write in so yes. let's find out the decisions you've made then in your short time as an independent author question number two Victoria is are, have you chosen to be wide or exclusive to Amazon I am exclusive to Amazon, which mm-hmm. um, I know as you know, it is a monopoly, which I do philosophically have issues with. But I mean, there's no when you're starting out, especially in a romance genre. Oh, my God. It's like everybody's in KU. You, you kind of have to be starting out. Um, so which but, but interestingly, I haven't gotten a lot through KU yet. Um, I mean, in some ways, I might as well be wide, but I think wide is also really a lot harder. There's more marketing you have to do, and it's just a lot more work. So for now, I'm sticking with KU and seeing how that goes. Yeah, well, a tip I would give you there is um, just keep selling books as you are through Amazon. And what will happen is you will find that the more you're selling, it's a bit like a snowball. Um, Mm. Amazon will start promoting your book they'll start showing it on certain pages and then they will start reaching out to you and asking you if you want to take some deals like monthly deals or daily deals and that's when you will find your KU uh, mm. shooting up so anything sort of Amazon are offering you in terms of promoting your book I often say uh, take it because that will help your your KU page reads shoot up so um, you yet to get to that point but that point I'm, I'm certain is coming for you what's question three Robert uh, question number three is name the one service you use as an indie author that you cannot do without. Uh, well, for this, I definitely have to give a shout out to Albatross Books. Uh, their website is albatrossbookco.com because I kind of did this all very quickly. I only started writing the Halloween book like last summer. Mm. And I was like, I can't I can't learn how to format. I can't learn how to like do a cover. Like I can't do any of that myself. I just have to find somebody to do it for me. And so I found Albatross Books. They're real nice. They're a husband and wife team. I think they're in New England somewhere in, in the US. Um, and they, they offer everything. They, they did the cover for me. They did the formatting. They even have like a copy editor who will read through the book and do copy editing. So at least it's not, you know, full of typos when you're when you're done with it. 
Um, so they've been great. So I would like to learn how to do some of the stuff myself. Like I would like to learn how to do formatting myself because then, yeah, if you want to update your back matter, you find a typo, it's easy to go back in and fix it. Whereas if someone else is doing it, it, it you know, I mean, they're great about doing that. I mean, they're very quick, but it's nice to have it yourself. But yeah, for these first two books, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Help. And they were they were great to work with. <laughs> so shout out to them. Brilliant. Very good answer. Yes, fantastic. And it, it goes to show like a lot of people get put off self-publishing because of all of those things. But mm-hmm. again, you were able to source them from an independent, another, probably another independent business, maybe not exactly. writing books, but an independent business that knows how to do those things. And like your covers look great oh, uh, for your genre. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, they're, they're, they're um, probably on the right track there. But I think it's a really good point you've made there that the things you can learn because you're, like I said, still so early on in your journey, you probably haven't got to that point of, right, it's time for me to learn how to do that yet. Exactly. Fantastic. Yeah, and, and it's um, because it's so early, um, we, you know, the listeners will most certainly um, relate to you. But um, it, it's another great example of independence you were able to source this company if you were with a publishing company you know everything's out of your hands but it's all in your hands you can pick and choose who to work with and and in what areas you need your help exactly Um, the key area of course is marketing which brings us into uh question number four so it's only been five months or so but how have you been marketing your books victoria Honestly, I've only really been doing the Amazon ads and I don't even write them myself. Like I just do whatever automatic thing they tell me. And I'm like, okay, I guess there's an ad running. Um, The only other thing I did was I did reach out on, because when I very first published the Halloween book, it was, I was cutting it so close. It was like five days before Halloween. So I, when I published Trick or Meat, I, I looked on Fiverr and I did pay a guy $25 who supposedly promoted it in some romance groups. I mean... I did show some sales, but it wasn't a huge spike or anything. I could have just been my friends buying the book and happened to buy it at the same time. So I have yeah. no idea if that worked or not. So I don't think I'd do that again. Um, but I have had, I don't have very many reviews yet, but I do have a few reviews from people who I have no idea who they are, who clearly aren't like related to me, which is nice. So I yes. feel like, how did these strangers find out about it? it had, I mean, the only really answer is the Amazon ad. So I feel like, but that actually gave me hope because I thought, well, if some strangers have found the book, read it and liked it and reviewed it, and I'm barely doing any marketing. Like I'm just doing the bare minimum on Amazon with these automatic ads. And wow, what if I really learn how to do it and put some time into it? Maybe then I'll start getting a lot more, you know, readers. So that's kind of like my goal for this year is to really learn more about Amazon ads, Facebook ads. I do have the, um, I did purchase the ads for authors course with Mark Dawson. So I'd yeah. like to get more into that and, and see if I can figure out what I'm doing. Cause right now that's really the only thing I'm doing to market it. Uh, there's, nice. um, uh, the Amazon course on that is by Janet Margot, um, ah. who I think she was like head of the AMS ads department there, right? for yeah. many yeah. years. So I I will um, just to tell you, yeah, this is, she's a good person to listen to. Last year, I, I'd never got Amazon ads in all the years I've done it. And last year she did a webinar for Mark Dawson, just an hour long one. And she gave mm. like four or five tips on that how she would tell people to start out and i did it and last year i spent like a few th- but i i like doubled my ad spend immediately in sales so she knows what she's talking about so wow. you'll get a lot of benefit out of anything she says on there i'd imagine yeah that's amazing 
Yeah, um, get, get your teeth into that ads course. And um, Robert, we need to get Janet on, on this show. Um, yeah. She's one of my dream guests. She, she's uh, vastly knowledgeable in the algorithms of Amazon, which we are a slave to. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but thank, thank you for that, Victoria. That's a really useful uh, insight into like um, your marketing um, strategy at the moment. Number five, what's the one thing you know now that you wish you knew when you started? Um, I guess I didn't realize I should have been, I, what I really should have probably done is waited a year and like built up, like you're supposed to have a newsletter and build up interest and you can put up pre-orders and kind of start a Facebook group and get people excited about your books. And I didn't do any of that. Like I did the writing first and then I was like, oh yeah, now I got to figure out how to market them, which I mean, in a way, I don't know. There's a quote I like that says, don't wait till you're ready. Just do Nobody's ever ready for anything. Just do it. And so I felt yeah. like it was, I just had to write this. I had the idea. Let's write, let's write these books. It's now or never. And then I'll do the marketing later. Um, but yeah, I don't think, I don't even think it occurred to me that you could do all that ahead of time and kind of grow an audience even before you had a book out, which is interesting, which I think is probably yeah. the smarter way to do it. So that's something I didn't know at the time. So yeah, anybody out really there who's listening, answer. yeah, who if you don't have a book written yet or you're not finished with your book yet, like it's not too early. It's never too early to start, apparently, like growing the newsletter, like starting a newsletter, starting a Facebook group, getting people excited about it. So anybody out there who's listening who hasn't published a book yet, now now is a good time to even start the marketing even now. <laughs> That's a fantastic tip. Yeah, building up that sort of reader base. But you can also do it as you release the books or after you've released the books, which is your tactic, Victoria. And the great thing about the genre you're writing in is uh, that there's a there's a Halloween every year right. and you've got a Christmas book. There's a Christmas every year. So the, right. the, the, the time specificity is not so um, sharp or um, it's, it's not so golden in your genre. So you're going to sell these books continuously year on year, uh, which, is, which is a massive benefit. So I, I wouldn't be down on myself for not building the list prior to publishing, but it's a very interesting answer for our listeners. Um, this one probably ties in with that a little bit. It's question number six. Uh, what's the biggest frustration for you as an independent author? Um, I don't know if it's a frustration so much as a challenge, but the marketing is definitely almost like its own job. Um, and there's just so much to learn. And part of that is, is kind of great because there are so many different avenues to market now. And, um, you know, I've heard that even if you're with a traditional publisher, a lot of that still falls on the author these days to market your book. So... Yeah, um, but with independent, it's even more that it's all up to you. Um, so that's kind of good and bad. It's good because you do have control. It's the the hard part about it is yeah, just finding the time, learning about it, and like figuring out these the algorithms and all that stuff. Um, so it's definitely a. I think that's a challenge because you can write the best book in the world and it lands on Amazon with a thud and nobody knows yeah. about it. Then, you know, it's kind of disappointing. And I think Mark Dawson even said this recently that like it used to be like maybe when Kindle Unlimited first started or all this e-publishing first started, like you didn't really technically have to market. There wasn't a lot of competition yet. It was kind of the Wild West and you could put a book on Amazon and people would somehow find it. And now it's not like that at all. Like you really have to market it and that does take money a lot of times i mean there are some free things you can do but you do kind of have to think about okay i, I do have to have some kind of budget um which is also why it's kind of good to keep your full-time job at first so that you can yeah. put some of that money into marketing because it's really you know what's that saying you have to spend money to make money so that's kind of true with marketing yes so true. speculate to accumulate is something david says um yes. often um and also it can be intimidating because uh, there's so like you said there's so many different avenues and i think um 
one thing a lot of people when 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 they start doing it and they don't see the immediate results or they try and do all of them at once um yeah they, they, they lose faith in it um i think it just it does require a bit of like laser focus of right like you're already on amazon ads and you've already said right i need to you know have a look at them and and start thinking how do i make them work a bit better that's good you know you should do that before you start trying to do book bub ads because if you're trying to juggle both, yeah, absolutely, yeah, um, you'd rather do one thing at a time. <laughs> one, yeah, give everything to one instead of little bits to mm-hmm. all of them. But yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, yeah, no, I understand. I think we've had a few authors who say marketing is their biggest frustration. <laughs> yes, yeah. it's it's yeah. its own animal. <laughs> it's a common one. Um, however, you have gone through all of our questions apart from one. The final question, number seven, um, and that is. What's the one piece of advice you would pass on to our listeners? Um, I would say just remembering that it's a journey, you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint as the old cliche goes. And um, yeah, yeah, don't, don't go into it thinking, Oh my God, I hate my job. I'm just going to write these books and then I'll be able to quit my job in a month. Like I'm sure there are, there are one in a million people who are able to do that, who just hit it just right or have such great marketing early on. They can do that. But just think about, you know, like the group that I'm in 20 books to 50 K like 20 books. That's a lot of books. Like you have to kind of build yourself up. And, um, and I know people often stress, like, you know, you'll see people who say they write 10,000 words a day or some astronomical amount and think, Oh my God, I could never write that much a day. And, but I, I don't want to write that much a day. I mean, it's great if it works for some people, but I find that after about I can do like 1,000 to 2,000 words a day. And then I'm like, okay, that's good. Like, I don't want to start hating writing. I don't want to, you know, and you'll hear about people who do write that much. And then they'll even say years later, like I've heard authors who are coming out with a book every two months or something crazy or a book a month or something crazy. And they'll be like, it was too much. I I burned out. I had Mm. to scale back. There was no way I could keep up that pace. Um, So just kind of find a pace that works with you, I would say. If it's 1,000 words a day, if it's less than that, if it's more than that, whatever pace works for you. So you don't hate the writing. Because if you start hating it, then what's the point you know you're you're your own boss you know you kind of make the rules and if it's if as long as you love the writing i think everything else you can kind of learn the marketing and all the stuff that's kind of a beast you can learn that but as long as you really love the writing and you're writing what you want and you're finding some readers and you know you can kind of keep going on and just keeping in mind that it's okay not to be an overnight success i mean a lot of, and a lot of people who are successful now it took them years and that's fine i mean it's it's you know it is what it is it's you just got to enjoy the journey Wow, absolutely amazing advice to our listeners. It is a marathon, not a sprint. Um, yet you seem to have learned so much in your few months so far um, in the sector, in the industry, Victoria. Um, thank you so, so much for giving us your time. Um, it's this afternoon for us, which means it's early morning time for you. Uh, not too early. It's 11.30 a.m. So that's oh, not too yeah, that's Oh, fine. okay. Oh, we, we, <laughs> we found a nice balance. <laughs> we yeah. found a nice balance. Yes. <laughs> um, brilliant. So that is Victoria Bradley. Trick or Meat is her debut. And I think Chris Kringle is the Christmas follow-up. Is that correct? Kiss Kringle. Kiss Kringle. <laughs> yeah, you have to be the puns. <laughs> yes. Brilliant. I love it. So a nice Halloween holiday treat and a nice Christmas holiday treat. Uh, Victoria, thanks very much. And the best of luck from myself and Robert for your career, your indie auto career going forward. Thank you so much. I love the podcast. Thank you, Victoria. Speak to you soon. Bye. Thank you.
So, David, another wonderful edition of our seven questions, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. And again, it goes to show this is Victoria with just two books out um, sort of at the the beginning of her in the author career. And I know we've had a lot of guests on who have, like us, maybe 10 or 12 books out who are are doing very, very well. So it's great to see this diverse range of authors coming onto our show and, and sharing their experiences. And we wish... Uh, Victoria, she seems to be on the right path. We wish her all the best as she goes forward. What another wonderful guest uh, on, on the Two Indie Authors podcast. I know, and it just goes to show again just how lovely independent authors are, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, it really yeah, is. If, um, if you are an independent author and you are listening to this podcast and you think, oh, I'd like to speak to those two. Um, we do have a form on our Facebook group, which is just uh, two indie authors. You can find us on Facebook and there is a form there where you can fill in, give us a bit of information. And who knows, you might get invited to speak to myself and the glorious David B. Lyons. Um, Look David, at you. That's it for the show this week. Um, what do you got planned for the week ahead? This um, are probably the same plans as I had last week. Um, but I am intent to get my trilogy box set for the America trilogy up on Amazon and launched uh, mm-hmm. before the end of January. Uh, I will then heavily market that, which is something else I will be working on over the next week. So it's getting that package together. Um, the cover designed and uh, everything on well I've done everything on vellum actually I did manage to get that done this week Um, so it's formatted it's ready to go it just needs a nice new face and then I will be creating some marketing to really help launch that trilogy over February so that that, I'll be setting all that up over the next week what about you buddy? Uh, well I'm launching a book tomorrow so by the time this podcast comes out it would have been out for a few days I would have had my launch weekend so be pretty pretty nice um so i'm also getting some stuff for bermuda done for marketing and for the next cover so i'll probably be looking a bit more resuscitating that and who knows maybe i'll write a chapter for the next sampo book i don't know we'll oh, see wow. you, you 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 jump from one lily pad to the next that's absolutely incredible robert brilliant work ethic congratulations on another book launch tomorrow i hope it all goes well i hope you have covered the two indie authors five-step plan for mm. your launch well and, i practice um, what i yeah. preach david you practice what you preach you yeah brilliant okay best of luck tomorrow i will raise a glass to you for your lunch thank and you to everybody else thanks for listening to Dum 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 dum